Well, good morning and welcome to Palm Vista Community Church. We continue our series this morning in the Apostle Peter's letter, 1 Peter, to the suffering Christians in first century modern-day Turkey. But Peter's letter continues to speak to suffering Christians in 21st century South Florida. The title of our series is Living as Suffering Saints for God's Promised Glory. And this morning, we are going to drop into 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17. The title of the message this morning is God's Ambassadors. God's Ambassadors. So please turn to 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. On September 11, 2012, Christopher Stevens, the U.S. ambassador to Libya, was killed along with Sean Smith, U.S. Service, Foreign Service Information Officer, and two former Navy SEALs, Tyrone Wood and Glenn Dougherty, who were contracted to provide security for the diplomatic mission on the night when radical Islamists stormed the American consulate in Benghazi. I asked myself this question, what brought Ambassador Christopher Stevens to Libya? Well, Ambassador Stevens was an American diplomat who had earned his master's and then law degree and then devoted his life to the diplomatic service. He spoke fluent French and Arabic, and he had a reputation as one who had searched for positions that benefited his country and the host country to which he was assigned, Arabs trusted Christopher Stevens because he had a track record of serving for their good. Chris Stevens went to Benghazi because that was where their people were who would either build a democratic Libya or things would fall apart over division of the spoils left by the end of the dictatorship there. This according to a Newsweek article entitled The Real Hero of Benghazi in 13 Hours. My next question was, well, what does an ambassador do? What is the role of an ambassador? And reading from an online website, in the strictest sense, a U.S. ambassador represents the president of the United States in an official capacity in foreign nations and communities. They are charged with protecting and promoting national interests, maintaining diplomacy, organizing visits, welcoming visitors, and supporting resolutions. If a U.S. citizen living or visiting abroad gets into legal trouble of some sort, it is the duty of the ambassador to ensure that said citizen is treated justly. The ambassador learns of local concerns and criticisms and has the ability to take those concerns back to Washington. And the ambassador is also the chief executive at his foreign embassy and is in charge of making sure embassy staff abide by the local laws and customs. Friends, we all are ambassadors. Not of the United States of America, but of the kingdom of God. And friends, as ambassadors, we represent someone, not the president of the United States, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell me this in 2 Corinthians 5, 19 to 21. Look up on the screen. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 
For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. We are ambassadors with this incredible message. And we are sent into a foreign land, this earth. And as Corey preached to us last week from 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, we are aliens in this land. And he talked about how do we live as aliens in this foreign land. And our text today picks up on that theme by giving us our marching orders as God's ambassadors, representing him and his kingdom in the earthly kingdoms we live in as exiles and aliens. As a matter of fact, if I were to sum up the theme of this text this morning, it would be as follows on the screen. Live as God's ambassadors in a foreign land. Live as God's ambassadors in a foreign land. So let's now open our Bibles to 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17, and let us learn how we are to live as God's ambassadors. This message is an extension of Corey's message last week. It's teaching us how to live as aliens in a foreign land with the added component this week as God's ambassadors. 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to shame the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. So, So what is our mindset to be as God's ambassadors in a foreign land? What is our motivation to be as we represent God in this foreign land? Well, the answer is found in verses 13 to 16. Look at them with me. Number one, point one, we are to be subject to every human institution. Look at verse 13. Be subject, for the Lord's sake, to every human institution. Here, Peter is echoing what Paul says in Romans 13. And Paul also said it in Titus 3. We are to respect or be subject to or obey the governments, the rulers that are over us. We gladly are subject to them for the sake of the Lord. Do you see that in verse 13? Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. By the way, I think a more accurate translation of be subject would actually be we submit. We submit. We submit to every human institution, every ruler of this foreign land in which we live for the Lord's sake. We submit understanding, verse 15, that it's the will of God. Do you see that? Verse 15, for this is the will of God. It is God's will that we submit to the governing authorities. Now, What's interesting here is that Peter was careful in verse 13 to say every human institution. Put your finger on the word human. That right there was offensive to the Roman world. Why, Al? Because back then, people believed that the emperor was a god. 
So there was an emperor cult, and Peter is calling out the emperor cult. He's saying, listen, submit to every human institution, every human ruler. The emperor was not a god. There's only one God, and that one true God calls us as his ambassadors to submit to human institution and rulers whom God sent to punish evil and praise good. Look at verse 16. Excuse me, 15. For this is the will of God that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. We are to live as servants of God and submit to these institutions that God has established to punish evil and to praise good. But what happens, Al, as we heard from Corey last week, when those human institutions don't punish evil and praise good, but in fact punish good and praise evil. Well, it's at that moment that we must do our very best to submit to them because it is the will of our ruler and to obey the laws of the land except when those laws are against God's laws. You see, as verse 15b teaches us, and as Corey reminded us last week, we submit and do good to silence those who do not know the Lord. In verse 15, it calls them, these are these people that are blind, ignorant, foolish people. He's not downgrading these people. He's not saying they're stupid. He's just saying these people are ignorant of the truths of God. These people are foolish in that they don't fear God. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So they don't fear God. So we live in this world, and and in order to silence their slander, which is wrong, we are good doers, as Corey said last week. We, We fear God, and we do good And we are good citizens, and we serve in our communities, we serve in our neighborhoods, we serve on the PTA of the schools that our children attend, we're part of the neighborhood association boards. We're trying to be good citizens to silence their critique. I love the illustration that Corey gave last week of when you do good deeds, even with people that disagree with us, and when we're trying to follow our conscience, for example, on marriage, and we're saying that marriage is something between one man and one woman, and then we're called bigots. But later, if that guy lives in my neighborhood, and I come and serve him, or it's a widow that lives in my neighborhood, and I'm mowing her lawn every week, or I'm blessing them, or I'm a good citizen, and I'm helping in my committees, and I'm helping in my communities, I'm on the crime watch, and I'm doing good because my ruler told me as an ambassador, go represent me by doing good to the very people that are slandering you. You're silencing them, and God is blessing, and you're being my representatives. This is the motivation. This is the mindset we're to have as we represent God. And then... We see that we submit in verse 16 as people who are free. We submit as people who are free. This tells us right here that our identity, as we submit to the leaders, as we submit to the government, we do so as people who are free. We are free from the slavery of sin. We are ransomed by the blood of Christ. We are no longer enslaved by sin or a sinful lifestyle. Again, Corey talked about that last week. We are set free, my friends, to do what is good, to do what is right, to bless others. And we use our freedom to honor our God. 
We submit as servants of God, verse 16. Our freedom is restricted by God's will and God's authority. We live under God's lordship, obeying the government as God's servants. And then in verse 17, after having given us our motivation for why we submit to the local government, after having given us the heart and mindset, in verse 17, he gives us four commandments that outline for us how God's ambassador is to behave, how we're to behave in this foreign land in which we serve our God. Look at verse 17. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Because we believe that everyone is made in the image of God, we honor everyone. We treat them with dignity and respect. Because we believe they are created in the image of God. This has huge implications for how we live our lives. This has huge implications for my attitude when I'm standing in a long line at Sedano's or Publix or Winn-Dixie. This has huge implications for when I roll up on a traffic jam on the Palmetto and I want to get there first. This has huge implications when I'm dealing with my child's teacher at school. As God's ambassadors, we are called to honor everyone because everyone is made in the image of God. Every human being is a bearer of the image of God. And so we honor everyone. We represent God honoring those made in his image. And this means that we never, ever, ever, ever indulge any sense of superiority because of our race because of our language, because of our culture, because of anything that's unique to us, we honor and respect and treat everyone with dignity because we understand that we're all created in the image of God. Friends, don't you understand? It's only Christians that believe that. So we Christians should be the ones who honor people the most, the ones who respect people the most, the ones who who honor the image of God in every human being. Listen, there's a couple of of, of real specific implications as you think about this in your life. As you think about, you know what? My life is not my own. I've been bought with the price. I am now God's ambassadors. Therefore, I'm going to honor everyone. I mean, this has implications for how Alpino drives. And sadly, those implications don't always find reality. This has implications for how kind we are. Oh, especially in South Florida, how thoughtful I am. I want to honor you. I'm going to respect you. What are you thinking? What do you need? What do you want? That is a rare thing in South Florida. Most people could care less what you need, what you think, or what you want. It's what I need. But we're different. We have a different king. We have a different ruler. We are good citizens. We, we obey the laws as long as they don't contravene the laws of God. We serve in our neighborhoods. We're good citizens. And then we honor everybody. That prevents me from sticking my hand out my window at times and making universal signs that everyone understands. All right, you you got where I'm coming, right? But, you know, I can do that in my heart, can't I? I may not actually do it with my hand, but in my heart I'm not honoring you. I'm thinking you're an idiot. And that's not how we should think as God's ambassadors. You got that? You're not here representing you. You're here representing God. Or are you? Whose kingdom are you representing? Your kingdom or his? 
See, you have a whole world full of people representing their own kingdom. You have a world full of little kings and queens battling each other for superiority. (laughs) But then we are a people who have one king. We represent him. So we honor all people. There's one other implication in my mind. (laughs) It is never, never appropriate to show more honor to someone the world would value and play favorites. Oh, in South Florida, this is an epidemic. I don't know if you're an autograph getter. If you are, I am not condemning you at all. Okay, please don't hear that. All right. But my friends, I want to treat the mailman and the waitress with the same honor and respect and dignity as I would treat the best sports star in this city or a CEO of a company. The world doesn't get that. We go nuts over the stars and we're rude to the waitress. And we call ourselves Christians. And as Corey said last week, the world goes, hmm. (laughs) You see, if I suffer... I want to suffer for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to suffer because following God in my conscience, I say marriage is between one man and one woman. I don't want to suffer because I'm being rude. Okay? And I do sometimes because I am. But that's where we bow our knees and we say, thank you, Lord. Forgive me, King Jesus. Let me honor all people. Secondly, look at the text, verse 17. What's the next thing there? What do ambassadors do? What's the code of conduct for a God's ambassador in this foreign land? We love the brotherhood. Love the brotherhood. What is that, Al? What's the brotherhood? (laughs) It's simply the family of God, friends. What he's saying here is that we're to honor and respect everyone, but there is something special. There's a special bond with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Notice that word brotherhood. It's a family word. As representative of God, as God's ambassadors, we honor everyone, but we love the brotherhood. doesn't mean we don't love others, but there's something special here. We're a band of brothers and sisters. I love that series, Band of Brothers. Men that fought World War II together. Men that after 40, 50 years, they were in their 70s and 80s. They got together every year. Why? Because they experienced battle together. They experienced combat together. They, 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 they suffered together, and that's us. You and I fight against the flesh and the world and Satan. When I say the world, the world system. Together. We know what it is to say no to greed and give to the church. We know what it is to say no to lust and not not, not laugh with everybody at work when they're making those jokes. We don't know what it is to be rejected because of the gospel. We know we have fought the fight together. So you're my brother, my sister. There's a special bond there. Special bond there. Metaphorically speaking, we've suffered side by side for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that Peter is writing to Christians in modern day Turkey? Peter, who's in Rome, the pastor of Rome, two or three years away from his own martyrdom. He's going to be crucified in just three or two or three years after writing this. And he's writing to Christians some 1400 miles away in modern day Turkey who are just getting pulverized. I mean, start with the whole emperor cult thing, right? You're living in modern-day Turkey. Everybody bows down when the emperor comes by because he's a god, and you stand up. See, Christians weren't killed for saying Jesus is Lord. You understand that? 
Christians were killed because they said Jesus is the only Lord. They wouldn't say Caesar too. Okay, so you're, you're, let's say your uncle gets killed. My cousin gets killed. Let's say you and I get beaten. There, there's something special here. We've suffered together for the gospel. That's what he's saying. And the world should see that. The world should see that my delight is in God's people. Where's your delight? I, I mean, again, I, you know, I'm preaching God's word, so preaching is strong. I want you to hear it from the spirit of the Lord and God. But, but that's why going to small groups and loving to be with God's people is such a sign of being the church, which is equipping us to go out and reach the community because there's something different because these people love to get together and share their lives together. They make it a priority. I, I love this scripture here in Philippians chapter, or Philippians, uh, Psalm 16.3. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. You see, that psalm is probably what Peter was thinking when he said here, love the brotherhood. Because Peter, being a Jew, understood the psalms and the Old Testament was already written. The New Testament was being written. But the Holy Spirit is inspiring Peter saying, you know how you apply that? You love the brotherhood in a special way. You want, who do you delight to get along, to get together with? Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Thursday morning, Saturday morning. Who do you look forward to getting together with? Well, you can get together with other groups. I have no problem there. I want you to serve in your communities. Serve, but, but there should be a special place for getting together with God's people. Sharing war stories together praying for each other. We share something that the world cannot share with you. Your favorite club, whether it's your Notre Dame alumni club or my Gator club or your business or your professional association, go do all those. Do them well. Be good citizens, you hear me? But there's one group that I share my life with. That's the church. That's the church. All right, next. Fear God. Fear God. Listen, God alone is worthy of our fear and our reverence. I will honor the emperor. We're going to get to that in a moment, but I will only fear God. I will only fear God. Listen, listen, fear the one who has the power to kill not just your body, but your soul in hell. That's how it's said in Matthew. And I know that sounds harsh. But that's what it says in Matthew, Matthew 10, 26 to 28. The emperor may kill your body, but only God can kill your soul in hell. And then here's the amazing thing about it. Yes, fear him, reverence him, because you know what he did? He killed his son to give you life if you repent and believe. Wow, that's the one I'm going to reverence. That's amazing grace. He didn't have to do that. But he did it. Tom Rayner in his commentary on 1 Peter wrote it this way. Peter was quite clear that his readers were not to fear other human beings and that only God should be feared as the sovereign Lord. Fear belongs only to God because God alone determines existence and non-existence. Whom do you fear? Do you fear the person that can take your job, take your life? 
take your reputation? Do you feel the person that's going to make fun of you when you go to work or at school in your neighborhood? Do you feel the person that can ostracize you and maybe reject you? you know, wh- who do you fear? Oh, oh, church, we're to fear God. And, and they should say, that man fears God. There's a pastor that uh, I became aware of in Germany. And uh, his first name is Wolfgang. That's a good name for a German pastor. huh? And uh, his son showed us a picture uh, back when his father was a pastor during the Nazi regime. And it was, it, was, it was of hundreds of people who were bowing down before the Nazi symbol. And there was one man. I mean, it's this incredible picture, black and white picture. that was just standing there like this. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. You know, sometimes it's easier for me to do something like that than to not bow my knee in fear when I shut my mouth about sharing the gospel with someone that I know is going to ridicule me or call me out. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I give in to the fear of man there. Okay, well, that's where the gospel is so wonderful for us, isn't it? But fear God. And then finally, finally, honor the emperor. Yes, honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. Absolutely. But don't be in awe of the emperor. I, I read a story recently of, of someone. Well, I'll tell you who it is. It's Tim, Tim Tebow. And I'm sure he wouldn't like this. In fact, I've heard him talk about not liking this. And in the story, it said that he worked out at this high school in Tennessee because <laughs> he, he was flying through. He was going to speak at an abortion or a uh, pro-life uh, rally against abortion. And he, was, he hadn't announced it to anybody. He wanted to do his workout. So he goes to this local high school and he starts working out. And it says when, when, the, when the players came, I guess he was late in his workout. He wanted to leave before the football team came to, to do spring practice. But he was late, and so he was still there when the players got there. And it says, as, as he, they, they told Tim Tebow, hey, the players are arriving. We can sneak you out of back entrance. He goes, no, no, I want to meet him, right? Because he's thinking of himself as just a normal guy. When he walked in the locker room, it says they were all in awe of Tim Tebow. Now, I understand that in one sense. I got it, okay? Multiply that by a million when it came to the emperor. And, and what, see, what Peter is saying is honor the emperor but don't be in awe of the emperor. Don't be in awe of someone that has great power, great, a lot of money, is driving the nice cars, someone who's got a lot of influence, someone who can maybe, you know, move, you know, public opinion, or someone who's a great mind in business or a great inventor or, or someone that's just bad. You know, I mean, you do not want to mess with that guy. Don't, don't be in awe of that. Honor the emperor, but don't be in awe of him. See, here's the final point. If our ultimate loyalty belongs to God, then we will obey his will. We found that out in verse 15. It is his will to honor the king, to honor all human institutions as human institutions, and to live good lives, to be good doers. As Corey said, (laughs) why? So we can say, persecute me because I follow my conscience and say that marriage is between a man and a woman. Persecute me because I follow my conscience and say that killing babies is wrong. Persecute me because I say Jesus is Lord and Jesus alone, and he's the only way to God. Call me a bigot. But don't suffer just for being a selfish, foolish person who indulges evil. Use your freedom not to indulge evil, but to do the most good you can do. To be the best citizen you can be. 
I mean, there, there are families in this church that are heavily involved in their children's high school programs and go there and support them. And their good deeds are being seen by people. There may be people that say, oh, there's that family that believes, you know, they're all that uptight conservative family. And then they experience these people serve them week in and week out and, and work their fingers down to the bone. And they say, wow, it's like Corey said last week, wow, I'm open. It's like that woman who God saved and moved from a, 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 a lifestyle of homosexuality who's now, I believe, married and the pastor's wife. And, and it was that pastor and his wife that said, come on into my house. We're going to have respectful, kind, I'm going to serve you. And you say, well, I'll serve people that deserve it. So you deserved for God to serve you? They say, that's where we get busted on that one, don't we? Here's my appeal. I believe here's God's appeal to you. God has delivered us, you and me, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his beloved son. And he has made us his ambassadors, declaring with our lips and our lives the message of the kingdom, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. I appeal to those of you in our midst this morning who have not bowed your knee to Jesus and your heart to Jesus as Lord. You will one day. You will. I pray you do it today. That your eyes will be open today. That the one who has the power to kill our body and soul in hell killed his son to give us heaven to those who repent and believe. That that grace would fall upon you and you would bow your knee and your heart and your mind and your wallet and everything and say, Jesus, forgive me, you are Lord. And I appeal to those of you who are citizens of the kingdom of God, my brothers and sisters, my brother, let us live as God's ambassadors by God's power in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Worship team, please join me up front. Lord, I pray that you would work in us at Palm Vista Community Church. Father, we we need your help. We need to learn how to live as your ambassadors. We, We tend to live as free agents. I'm representing Alpino. Thank you very much. Whatever's good for Al is what I'm gonna do. Oh Lord, forgive me for that selfish attitude. Lord, I pray that I would walk every day in my life knowing that I've been bought with a price, that I'm no longer my own, that I would glorify God with my body, my mind, my heart, my wallet, my, my decisions, my parenting, uh, how, what kind of husband I am, what kind of uh, neighbor I am, everything, how I drive, how I treat the waitress, the cashier, the mailman, garbage collector, as well as how I treat the CEO and the great leaders of our society. Lord, I pray in this hyper-extended, super-heated political season that we would remember to honor the emperor. doesn't mean we agree with them. We would not fall into dishonor. We would fear only you, but we would honor those rulers and human institutions, understanding they're human. Oh, God, help us. Help us to live this out in such a way that it would bring glory to your name, that we would be faithful faithful ambassadors of our ruler and our king and our God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.